welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Anytime in between to all of our listeners. Today, you have tuned in to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Accelerator Podcast. I'm thankful for you checking out this episode of the Accelerator Podcast and the 242 Network. The 242 Network seeks to leverage resources in a disengaged culture to multiply healthy churches. We know it takes all kinds of churches to reach our communities, and we hope to come alongside you in ministry to see that come about. My name is Brian Tillman, pastor of River Bend Church in Hernando, Mississippi, and I work with the 242 Network to help assess, train, support, and network possible planters for new church plants so they don't have to go through these times alone. Throughout this season, we are interviewing a number of staff members from churches all around and of all sizes to see their perspectives on ministry in their context. Along the way, we will continue to ask leadership, vision, mission questions to let you see how these staffs and churches continue the call that God has on them for these days of ministry and how you might be able to do some similar ministry in your context and community. On today's episode, we have a friend of mine joining the podcast. Josh Kubler has served as part of the pastoral staff at Redeemer Baptist Church since their launch nearly 10 years ago. Redeemer is a missional community church located in Olive Branch, Mississippi. On the podcast, Josh talks about Redeemer's small group ministry as well as shepherd care for the congregation. He gives some great insights on how new members or guests that come to Redeemer might be able to join in groups and ministry at the church. To reach out to Josh or any of the staff members at Redeemer to learn more, visit their website, RedeemerOliveBranch.com or reach out to them on Instagram at RedeemerOB. Thanks for listening today, and for any questions about church planning or the 242 Network, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to 242.network and email us. Here's Josh Kubler with Redeemer Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi. So as uh, stated, uh, Josh Kubler is with us today. And uh, Josh, why don't you take just a moment and uh, tell our listeners about yourself, about your family, and uh, where you are serving in ministry these days. Sure. Thanks uh, so much for having me on, Brian. It's a, it's a privilege to be here with you. Um, 
as you mentioned, my name is Josh Kubler. I am uh, the associate pastor at Redeemer Baptist Church in Olive Branch. I'm one of the planting pastors, founding pastors uh, from when we first launched uh, about nine, almost nine and a half years ago now, uh, as crazy as that is. Um, I, uh, I'm in charge of a lot of things, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but, uh, I started out there as the worship pastor when we first launched and then transitioned uh, as we, uh, raised up a guy, a really talented, really gifted, really godly young man who was much better at that than I, than I was and, uh, and really had a heart for it. And so raised him up and he transitioned to that position and I moved over to an associate pastor role. Um, I am married, have been married for almost 11 years now. We have five children. Uh, three biological kids. Uh, Canaan is seven, Willow is five, and Abraham is about to be three uh, next month. And then we are fostering uh, two little girls who we are in the process of adopting. Um, and that is a, uh, a process, as you know. Um, and so but, but all of them are, uh, are huge blessings, huge gifts to us. We're very thankful. Um, it is a hectic and chaotic life, but, uh, but we would not trade it for the world. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, always interesting uh, to hear about family and uh, especially that dynamic of fostering and adoption, uh, which I know is close to your heart and also to my heart um, as uh, we see that in our county and in our state, uh, the great need for that. Um, with Redeemer, nine and a half years. That is, uh, that's, that's crazy. It, it feels crazy. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, I, I look forward to uh, more days uh, seeing you guys over in the Olive Branch area doing ministry and just doing what God's calling y'all to do. Um, what, would, what would you say, talking about Redeemer, what would you say is the uh, vision or the mission of, uh, of Redeemer? Um, we, we've gone through a few versions of this yeah. um, and Good. a couple of years ago, we, we basically settled on something that's not new that you've likely heard before, but we believe it provides um, really what, what our heart and what our goal is. And that is to know Christ and to make Christ known. Um, our desire uh, for our people is that they would know Christ, that they would study his word, that they would um, engage in, uh, in the study of scripture uh, in prayer, in spiritual disciplines, that they would know God more. Uh, and as a result, that we would make God known that as, as we know Christ, as we learn of his goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy, his compassion, his heart for us and yeah. for uh, his people, that that our affection for him would be stirred and our desire for other people to know him would be stirred as a result of that. And so to know, to make Christ known um, in our community and around the world uh, as we share the gospel and seek to see others brought into the kingdom of Christ. So, um, so in your role as um, associate pastor and uh, one of the founding uh, planters of, of Redeemer, um, what, what do you, what is your role uh, how, how does it tie into getting that vision um, out to the, to the members and, uh, and to see it come to fruition? Yeah. Um, so uh, as mentioned, I do a lot of little things, um, yeah. overseeing and implementing volunteer teams, um, different structures within uh, our organization. Um, one of the things I, I preach probably 12 to 15 times a year. And so, um, we see the pulpit as 
uh, as the opportunity to, first of all, absolutely uh, proclaim the truth of Scripture. So we want to preach uh, the text, and we want the text to do its work, uh, but we also believe that the text drives us to know Christ and to make Christ know. So, um, so one of the foremost things is as we preach, um, our goal in that is to uh, is for um, the scriptures to be illuminated in such a way uh, faithfully that um, that our people know Christ better um, and that they are called to action to make Christ known. So in preaching, that's how it plays out. Um, we also, um, one of the things that, that we've developed and implemented um, that I've helped to oversee is, uh, is our shepherding um, ministry. Uh, we, have all, we have four pastors. Um, there's only one full-time pastor. We have four pastors on staff. Um, every member of our church is, uh, is divided up uh, with, uh, within those four pastors. So we have the responsibility to personally care for and shepherd that family or that individual. Um, and, and so we've got a list of questions kind of that we go through with those people uh, once or twice a year, uh, at least depending on how they're doing on the season of life that they're in, what they're going through. Um, and, and of course those things are geared to um, pushing our people and encouraging our people and, uh, and uh, cultivating in our people a deeper knowledge of Christ, of how the gospel works in their own life and in their situations. Um, and an encouragement to our people to share the gospel with others, uh, and so those are those are a couple just a couple of the primary ways that that I have have uh, striven to implement those things in our church. All right, so um, so help help me and help our listeners um, understand uh, kind of Redeemer as as a whole. If uh, Paige and I were, were members at Redeemer, if we were coming to Redeemer, um, what would a, a normal week, what would a normal month, like that segment of, uh, of, of church life, what would it look like on a regular basis that you would expect a member or uh, somebody that was invested in, in uh, the church to be a part of? Yes, so um, obviously we have Sunday services um, where uh, people come and hear the preaching of the word. They sing uh, together. Um, we take communion each and every Sunday. Uh, serves as a a reminder uh, of what Christ has done, as communion does. Um, and and so our expectation, our hope is that people will be, especially members, will be involved in the Sunday morning gathering. It's also an opportunity for fellowship. Um, we have sort of a a three prong approach. Uh, in our ministry. And so if, uh, if we're about um, the word, if we're about prayer, and if we're about community, which are three things that we're really about, um, then, then how does that flesh out um, in the actual things that we do? And so on uh, Sunday morning, we have a corporate prayer time before the service where we invite all members um, to come and be a part of that as we pray for uh, our city, as we pray for other churches in the area, we pray for our missionary partners, we pray for our services that morning, we pray for the lost, uh, we pray for things that are going on. Um, so there's a prayer emphasis there. And then, of course, the word is emphasized that morning as well as we preach through it. Then we also have uh, Sunday at one, uh, well, let me start with community groups. We have community groups that meet um, typically three times a month. And I'll explain that in just a second. But um, some meet on Sunday nights, some meet on uh, on Tuesday nights. 
Uh, we're flexible in when groups meet, uh, but they're made up of typically between eight and 15 people uh, getting together in homes, sharing a meal, discussing the sermon, uh, and then praying for one another, bearing one another's burdens. And so there's an emphasis there on, on community, on gathering together, on bearing one another's burdens, on loving one another, and serving alongside one another. And there's an emphasis on prayer in that as well. Now we talk about the word, um, but the emphasis there is going to be on prayer and on how we can lift up our brothers and sisters in that time. Uh, we've got six different groups. We really need probably seven groups, but um, groups are hard. <laughs> we can talk about that later if you want to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then the third thing that we do uh, as, a, as a function of the church, we don't have a lot of programs or things uh, going on during the week, but the third thing that we do is we have a monthly Sunday evening corporate gathering. And so three weeks of the month or four weeks, depending on how many weeks there are in the month, uh, community groups are going to be gathering. But the first Sunday night of each month, uh, we do not have groups. We gather back at the building where we meet, which is a, a middle school auditorium. Um, and we have a gathering where, uh, where we sing a song or two, and then the word is preached. And then we have just time of fellowship where people get to hang out and talk and enjoy one another. Um, and we implemented that about two years ago, and it has been so incredibly good for us. Yeah. Uh, we've gone through um, some different things that, that as we've preached through some different things that kind of relate to what we're doing on Sunday mornings, whatever series we're in, whatever book we're in, whatever emphasis that we've got. Um, but really it's, it's a good time of fellowship for people to come back um, and enjoy one another. And it's not every single Sunday night. So there's, it's kind of, uh, there's a uniqueness to it. Uh, it's not just, uh, and this is no, uh, no shot at churches that, that have gatherings every Sunday night. Um, but, um, it's different for us and it works really well for us and our people have found an immense benefit in that and in the time together in that. And so the emphasis there is on the word and on community. And so we've kind of got like a triangle of, of ministry and those things that we do and the emphasis in each. And, and obviously all three of those things take place in all of that, but, um, but there's a different emphasis for each one. So mainly as, as I'm uh, trying to understand this, your, your functions are, uh, the word prayer. And then with the, uh, with the word community, it's more community uh, inside the body at Redeemer trying right. to cultivate community yeah, among people. Yeah. And in terms of outreach, our, our emphasis uh, has always been, and will continue to be. And while we do uh, certain events and certain uh, uh, ministries outside the church, our emphasis has been uh, members of the church everyone has a sphere of influence, mm -hmm. uh, whether they, their family, neighbors, coworkers, um, uh, fellow students, whatever the case may be. Um, our emphasis repeatedly and regularly is these are the people that you know that you already have a relationship in your, with in your life. Yep. Share the hope of the gospel with those people. And, and the interesting thing that we have seen uh, is that the vast majority, we, we started eight people in an apartment um, being together and praying. And by God's grace, we've grown to over 120 members um, on Sunday mornings. And I know that's not this huge exponential growth, um, but it's been specific growth because I can trace, I can, I can walk in on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. and you can point to somebody and I can trace to you how they ended up at our church through other members. Uh, that's always awesome to see when you, uh, when you walk in and say, all right, that person right there is here because of this one and that one and the connection that was there. Right. Absolutely. And the benefit of that is that you have a, a really, really strong 
membership. Yeah. So the people that are members, they're in. Yeah. Like there's not, we don't have a lot of people that are not involved in community groups. We don't have a lot of people that aren't there on Sunday mornings. Um, we don't have a lot of people that are not uh, faithfully giving. Like the people that are there because they're there because of relationship, um, they're in. Um, and that's not perfect, obviously, uh, because people aren't perfect, but, but it's been a really, really encouraging thing for us to see. So, um, you talked that you had, uh, six groups and, uh, possibly need a, a seventh one. Uh, one of my thoughts as you were talking about, uh, also, um, how you guys shepherd the, uh, the congregation, uh, you've got four pastors six groups. My, before you told me that there were six groups, I was thinking, all right, does that mean that uh, in your missional community groups that uh, one pastor is in and amongst each of those, but uh, with six, how do you, how do you break up the, the community groups? Um, do you assign people? Do they go because of their connections with others? How, how does that come about? Um, groups have been the hardest thing uh, for us to sort of manage. I'm with you. I'm because with you. It's, 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 you're not, you're managing people, but you're also dealing with expectations. You're dealing with personalities. You're dealing with, um, pre-existing friendships. You're, there's, there's all these little things. And, and so like as, as an example, um, we've, Obviously, we've multiplied groups before, but there are times where we've tried to start a new group, and we had we had what we thought was just a killer group. Like the, these people, they're all really committed. They're all already friends. Like this this group is going to work. Yep. Uh, we talked to them all about it. They did it, and it was a, a just a complete disaster. And that's not their fault. It had to do with seasons of life and and different things going on. Um, but but what we have seen is that even when we think that that we've got an idea or, or this, uh, this plan that's going to work really, really well. Um, that's not always the case because we don't know all the factors. We're not considering all the factors involved. And so it's been a real, um, there've been a lot of real struggles. There've been a lot of, uh, um, of really encouraging things. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, um, our groups have not been a success quote unquote. They've not been beneficial because they absolutely have been. Um, but, but when we talk about starting new groups, we've had a whole lot of problems with that. Um, and sometimes it's worked really well. Um, sometimes we've needed two or three shots at it. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's, there, there have been cases where it's been harmful and we've had to go back and do some, some reparative work and some, um, some specific shepherding in those cases. And so uh, it's been a real struggle um, in some instances in terms of, of putting new groups quote unquote, putting new groups together. And we've gone through different scenarios where we'll, well, should we start from scratch and blow it all up and let people sign up? Or should we um, uh, assign people into specific groups by age? Or should we do it by friendships? Uh, should we like all these different scenarios? And, and, and honestly, we have spent hours and hours and hours in staff meetings talking through these different ideas and none of them at the end of the day seem to be an improvement as of right now on what we've got going. And yeah. so we would, we would rather have too many people in a group, but have those people um, be encouraged and feel edified and feel uh, spiritually fed 
than to forcefully start a new group and risk um, maybe what we've had to deal with in the past. And then as we continue to grow, we can examine those things a little bit further and kind of take them as they come. And I know that that's not a popular idea. I know people like to have systems in place specifically, um, but, but we just don't trust our systems right now. <laughs> so ultimately, uh, and here's the other thing, Brian, yeah. I, I have talked to people who say, listen, you put the system in place and people will either get used to it or they'll go somewhere else and, 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 deal with it that way. And I, I see what they're saying in that, but man, when I look at our people and I look at our numbers, I, I don't just see the numbers. I don't just see the numbers in group. I, I, these are souls that yep. we have been entrusted to care for. Yeah. And if I have to break our system in order to bear, better care for someone's soul, so be it. I will do it every single time. Uh, in that, in that, I hear you uh, just talking about how much you've invested in those folks and uh, how much you love those folks um, to to see growth and maturity spiritually um, come uh, forth from from those guys and you as well at at Redeemer. Yeah. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I love our people very deeply. I know that's true of all our pastors. And um, I was really encouraged uh, last night. So we, this last weekend, we uh, were able to commission a young couple from our church to go up to Montana. Um, one of our original staff members um, went to, uh, to Montana a few years ago, serving uh, outside the Flathead Indian Reservation at a church there, um, just doing some good ministry, but really hard ministry. Uh, we took our first mission trip as a church up there um and and a young couple in our church really just felt they they felt it for a while because they've been there before but they felt called to go and help this couple and so we were able to commission them and send them out um and one of the things that some of our people put together was like hey can we send a video of course because we have coronavirus going on we can't gather and hug these people's necks we can't uh, do what we would properly and regularly do to send and commission some people off and so they said, hey, let's, um, can we put a video together and just of, of all these people in the church saying, you know, goodbye and they're praying for them and all this stuff. And so I got to watch that video last night that some of our people did. It was just so encouraged by how well our people love each other. Um, and uh, it was, it was, it was, I don't, I don't get moved to tears, but if I did, I would have been moved to tears by it. And, uh, and just really, really encouraged by that. And so, um, you know, that's, that's a testimony to, uh, to our people and to their love for, for one another and their commitment to the church, uh, to the body. Um, and there you go. I would have never thought it, but Josh Kubler is an emotional guy. If, if he were an emotional guy, he would be moved to tears over that. Do you have emotions. They are well hidden, but they are there. They are well <laughs> hidden underneath the beard. I know you listeners can't see Josh, but uh, um, yes, a, uh, a great beard around that chin. <laughs> So, um, Josh, you and I have known each other for a, uh, a number of years, long so years. History, and, um, and you spoke earlier that, uh, all right, you've got four staff guys um, as pastors there at Redeemer, and uh, one of the four is full-time. You are not that one. Uh, you have uh, a, another um, job, so to speak. And um, since I've known you, uh, you've had a, a second job of one shape or fashion. Mm -hmm. And uh, and first, 
before we get into your job right now, um, tell us uh, of the history of, uh, of you and church planting in the state of Mississippi and just how your love for church planting all came about with uh, um, Redeemer, but even before that, um, how, you, how your um, fire was lit, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I didn't get saved until after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. um, born and raised in rural Mississippi, but never really heard the gospel until some friends invited me to church camp um, the summer after my senior year. And I went and, uh, and heard the gospel really for the first time. And uh, by God's grace, he moved in my heart um, and responded to the gospel at that camp and got involved in First Baptist Church of Coldwater, which is um, about the farthest end of, a, of the spectrum from a church plant, as you can imagine. Just the most traditional of rural Southern Baptist churches in Mississippi. Um, I agree. And, and thankful for that time, thankful for that church and many of the people in it. Um, but uh, a couple of years um, after that, they called a new pastor and his name was Brian Tillman. Um, yeah. Interesting young guy. Uh, <laughs> that is no more young. He's not young anymore. Not, not um, young anymore. But uh, yeah, so I had begun to become interested in church planting because of a church plant um, in a city uh, near us, Cenotopia, as you well know, uh, Life Point Church, George Ross had gone and planted there. Um, and that was a completely new concept to me, didn't know anything about it. So it was interesting hearing from him and from others uh, what was going on there. And just through some other means, um, the Lord had begun to, to put church planting um, sort of in my view and on my heart. And so when uh, you talked to me about going and leading worship at a new church plant, um, I was very interested and said, yes, uh, I think I prayed about it. I'm trying to think if I prayed back then uh, very much, but yes, I'm pretty sure I prayed about it. Um, and went we'll to, say, yes, you did. You did pray about it. You prayed about it. Yes, you did. <laughs> and uh, went and helped out uh, as Riverbend got started and did just a terrible job. I was awful at everything uh, back then. I'm amazed that you kept me on staff for as long as you did. I'm not saying these things to be humble. I'm saying them because, I mean, I was like 23, 22. Uh, something like that. And just, ooh, the Lord had a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, he did. And uh, he's continuing that work. Listeners, let me just tell you about uh, four years after um, Josh left River Bend, I get an email or a, a text and it was a long text message from Josh. Um, and he just told me, I am so sorry. I am so, I need to apologize to you just how terrible of a staff member I was and all the stuff that I didn't do that I now know that I should have done. And, um, I, you know, I've told Josh this, I'll tell the list, you listeners this as well. I was so thankful that he finally understood it as, as a redeemer, um, started and just all the work that uh, has to go into a, a new work, a new church uh, plant. And uh, it's just great to see growth. And uh, just as Josh and I both have stated, the uh, work that God has done in us and continues to be gracious to do through us. So uh, it's good stuff. Um, thank you for that, Josh. The, that memory lane, I do appreciate yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so not long after that, um, I had, I had left River Bend, uh, for, uh, I was starting seminary and getting ready to get married and just felt like it was time to move on from that. And, was glad that I did. And I was glad for you that I did because you got a much better um, staff member as a result. Anyway, um, the Lord just continued to, to lay this church planning thing on my heart. And I got involved as a member at LifePoint in Centobia, um, was serving there and was in seminary with some other friends who were interested in church planning. And so as we um, just talked and dreamed and prayed, um, the Lord opened up this opportunity for us to potentially plant an olive branch. Um, and around that same time, um, George talked to me about starting a church planting network. Um, he was very interested in getting that going in Mississippi. And so um, I had the opportunity to be kind of in on that from the ground floor with the 1-8 network. Um, and we started assessing planners and he was coaching pastors and we were helping to secure funding and putting on training events and um, all these things. And, and the Lord just continued to cultivate in my heart um, a love and a care for, for church planners and for church planning and, and a desire to see the kingdom continue to expand in that way. Um, and we, we planted when it was, I mean, 10 years ago, it was, it was a really sexy thing to plant a church. Um, it was, it was a big deal. And it, it seems like some of that has faded, um, which in a way is good. You, you don't want people to be planting church just because they think it's the cool thing to do or the, or the end thing to do. Um, but, but you certainly still want to see people being faithful to the call that God's placed on their lives. If that, um, if that involves church planting. And so um, I continue to be uh, very invested in and care deeply for church planners. Um, we've had the opportunity to send church planners out um, uh, from our church and we'll continue to do that. We have uh, missions money set aside every year to support church planting. Um, we have a deep desire to continue to see the kingdom expand through the planting of new works. And so um, that's something that God, you know, um, sovereignly put in my heart and in my life uh, from the early ages of, of my, of my following Christ and continues to do it uh, even today. So I'm thankful for you. Thankful for what the two for two network is doing and continue to pray for you guys and uh, for wisdom and for uh, Lord's hand to be on it and, as he works and grows his kingdom. So, so that season, um, as you, as you stated with, uh, with George, um, at life point, uh, George, uh, moved from, uh, one eight network and life point down to uh, New Orleans to be a part of uh, North American mission board and uh, be a send city coordinator. And um, with that, uh, we kind of had a, um, some, some waves and some ripples in the state of Mississippi and our church planning network. Um, you uh, kind of got out of that scene from one eight as one eight kind of turned into two, four, two, and you started uh, not, too far uh, down the road from that, um, a new job um, where you find yourself now, and uh, talk to our listeners about uh, this this new role or this new company. Um, this I don't guess it's that new anymore, but uh, new role that uh, that you found um, where you are now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I work as the fundraising director for Fund the Nations. And Fund the Nations is a fundraising company that helps people raise money for mission trips, adoptions, nonprofits, really whatever they need to raise money for uh, through uh, selling t-shirts. And so what basically what happens is somebody comes to us and says, hey, I need to raise money for this trip to Zambia. And uh, these are a couple of things that I like, and we'll send that information on to a designer. We've got a team of uh, really gifted graphic designers. Um, they get a mock-up put together, um, and we get it back to the customer, go back and forth till we've got something that, uh, that they love. And then we, uh, <clears throat> we, once they've got a shirt design they love, they pre-sell it like you would Girl Scout cookies or something like that, collect the sizes and the number that they need, and then place the order through us. They don't pay anything until they place the order, and they just pay us for the cost of the shirts and the printing, and then they keep the rest of that for their fund. And so uh, we've helped um, over the last, the company's been around for 10 years. We've really seen some really big growth over the last uh, five years. Um, but we've helped people raise over $25 million uh, through selling T-shirts. That's crazy. Is, yeah, it's uh, it's insane. It's a really crazy thing, but um, but it's been great because I'm still even in my Monday through Friday nine to five job, I'm still involved um, in helping people fulfill the calling that God's placed in their lives. Um, and we've helped people fully fund adoptions. We've helped uh, missionaries um, fund their stays in other countries. We we've been able to see some really really incredible things. Um, through this and through t-shirts, which is uh, uh, crazy, but true. Um, and so I, I've been really thankful to be uh, a part of this organization. And of course we do lots of church, uh, church shirts, camp shirts, uh, D now shirts, all that kind of stuff too. And so um, that's been a blessing as well to be continue to be involved in the lives of other churches. Um, and we actually, uh, we're, we're just now launching um, a new side to the business. Really. It's just called FTN creative. And uh -huh. so um, our, we've got a team of people that focus on, um, on logo design, website, um, branding, business cars, like all, the, all that side of things. Okay. Uh, and so um, we, we want to help churches out in that too. And, and one of the things that, that I recognized over and over in working with church planners um, when I was with 1-8 is that uh, everybody's like, I need a website. I need this. I need this. I need this. And so, um, so we want to be able to help out those people that need, uh, that need those things. And, and so with this aspect of it, hopefully we're going to be able to do that as well. So from that side of it, uh, how could uh, somebody get in touch with you or fund the nations? Uh, where could they find you? Yeah, you can go to fundthenations.com uh, is our website. Or if you're interested in the, uh, the creative side of things, you can do ftncreative.com. Um, or you can email me, josh at fundthenations.com. I'd love to help anybody out with any needs that they may have. So the uh, founder of Fund the Nations is a uh, man by the name of Bubba Crowder. And Bubba, if you are listening to this, we would love for you to be a sponsor of the Accelerator podcast. Even if you don't uh, become a sponsor of the Accelerator podcast, um, because at the moment we don't have sponsors, um, I still use Fund the Nations and pretty much all the swag for the 242 network um, is funneled through Fund the Nations and Josh and uh, greatly appreciate um, you guys and helping us uh, to uh, get that out to our folks. So uh, thank Absolutely. you for that. Absolutely. We're thankful for the opportunity to help serve you guys.
So before we let you go today, Josh, I called this last segment uh, the faves, and uh, it's just kind of like a rapid fire. Um, got seven or eight uh, just different uh, segments of life and likes that uh, uh, just lets our listeners uh, get a uh, different view or slant of who Josh Kubler is. So right. um, let's go rapid fire. Favorite book that's not the Bible? Um, man, this is not going to be rapid fire at all. I like a lot of books. Um, one of my favorite books is the Poisonwood Bible by an author named Barbara Kingsolver. Um, it's about a 1950s missionary family that moves to Africa. It is not, I don't think she's a Christian. Um, and you'll see that in, in the book, but the perspective is really interesting. And I love, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. I've been there a couple of times. And so that's, what's the name of that book again? Poison what? The Poisonwood Bible. Poisonwood Bible. All right. What's your favorite book in the Bible? Um, right now, Second Timothy, because we're preaching through Second Timothy. <laughs> you are a preacher. There we go. Um, what is uh, your favorite sport? Basketball. Basketball. College, easy. pro. Pro. College Thank basketball you. become nearly unwatchable to me. Yeah, and so your favorite team of the uh, NBA is? The Grizzlies, of course. The Memphis Grizzlies. Young, exciting, wonderful Memphis Grizzlies. I cannot wait for them to get back on the hardwood and uh, let school some more. Uh, What's your favorite? Who is your favorite uh, person in history? I don't don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. I've never once thought about who my favorite person in history is. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. There are so many interesting people in history, Brian. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, there we go, listeners. Uh, he does not have a favorite person in history. All Sorry. right. Favorite, favorite vacation spot, beach, mountain, somewhere in between. Um, I love the mountains. My wife loves the beach. Um, I don't like sand and I am the whitest person in the world. And so the beach does not agree with me, but because I love my wife and I want to serve my wife, we typically flip year to year. We go mountains one year, beach next year. Uh, Sounds like uh, the Kublers are much like the Tillmans Mm -hmm. back and forth. Uh, Last one. And, uh, then we will be done. You get an afternoon or a day to Josh Kubler's self. Five kids aren't necessarily around, or maybe they are. Wife isn't necessarily around. Maybe she is. Uh, what is the uh, activity that Josh wants to partake in? Um, I just want to sit down and read a book. Like, yeah. In the calm, peace, and quiet, I don't get that very often. Uh, so I, I would really enjoy that. Maybe on my back porch, um, I would like that. So uh, that leads to one more question. Is it a uh, real book or is it a Kindle, some, some type of, of ebook? Uh, I read uh, nonfiction um, and like commentaries and things like that in uh, hardback, or not hardback, but physical copies. Yep. Um, and I read fiction books on my Kindle. I know that sounds weird, but it's just easier for me to manage. That's just how it is. Yeah. That's, that's Josh Kubler's world. And um, 
thank you for the time today. Appreciate your insight and uh, what you guys are doing over at Redeemer. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate the time. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.